Hello and welcome to Connected, the podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hi, I'm Sue Uniman. I'm Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And joining us in the room is Keely Taylor. How are you doing, Keely? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Keely is the Managing Partner and Global Head of Social at M Platform and she's based out of New York. Just And just off the, just uh, plane. Off the plane, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> basically this morning, sort of. I just flew in and boy are my yeah. arms tired. <laughs> <laughs> You've been head of social for five years, um, and well, look, uh, social has changed enormously right over that five years. So, what was it like when you first t- took it on, and 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 how does that compare with the journey that we are where we are now? So, those were simpler times yeah. uh, for yeah. a variety of reasons. Uh, one being that there used to be organic impressions to be had, and so really the shift to buying rigor has absolutely been an evolution over those five years. A number of partners uh, and platforms have arisen. I I would not have dreamt about talking about TikTok or Doyen five years ago. Um, And even video as a format, which has grown explosively. Uh, And also, I did not think that I was going to be a a budding lawyer. Uh, However, Mm -hmm. some of the data privacy regulations have really made the social world and um, the legal world that much closer. Yeah. Fun still? I appreciate that every day is different. Um, There are some days I appreciate it more and some days I appreciate it less. But the fact still is that because of the ability to target folks, um, the media and creative are so close on the platform of social and that really is inspiring to me. And I guess the other thing is, is that there's so many more people working across all of the Group M agencies in social. Do you have a sense of how much that's multiplied over the five years? Oh goodness, uh, it's got to be at least 5x, probably yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot more people going, what should we do? Yes. <laughs> so do you think that we've got a moral or a social responsibility when we're advising social spend to our clients? So start with this yeah, question. <laughs> <Sorry, Andrew. laughs> so the, the, sh- the short answer is yes. That said, I think different advertisers have different expectations around moral and social responsibility. So it's it's such an interesting double-edged sword, really, because as we're looking at Facebook as a platform, for example, social corporate responsibility efforts tend to work extraordinarily well on the platform because people are connected uh, with people that they care about across all walks of their life. Um, and the ability to share and to stand for a cause uh, as kind of a badge or being a bit of a keyboard warrior. Um, that is one of the pinnacles of opportunity because of the potential for it to be carried on further. That same carried on effect though happens for um, less good reasons. So a lot of what we're helping for advertisers to, to understand is what are the types of contextual adjacencies when you're able to target someone is there good cause for that or would you be better served by having that message to a broader group of people um so kind of a a don't be creepy Mm -hmm. thought around it um and then group m has taken a really vocal stand in joining the garm i don't know if that's catching on as an acronym yet but the global alliance for responsible media uh, it was announced at Cannes this year. It's brands, it's publishers, and it's agencies, not just Group M, 
that are coming together because there are real problems to be solved, uh, especially in terms of um, terrorist content that happens to be delivered as live video. We're learning that those actors are extremely buttoned up uh, and sophisticated about how they are sharing and communicating that information. And so real problems, um, but at least this is a collective effort that is looking to build upon the alliance that's built around not having ISIS content being able to be um, multiplied as readily through these open platforms. Um, A lot of that same thinking around opioids, around um, child exploitation, uh, at least the problems are in the open and are being acknowledged. And there has been a growing amount of comfort with bringing in academia to really help to figure out what the right types of solutions are. When you get into First Amendment, well, I'm American, when you get into First Amendment or freedom of speech, it takes very different shapes and forms depending on the market. Um, So it's interesting. And then one that we have been talking about, thankfully it's not as prevalent yet, but it will come, uh, is the idea of deep fakes. So if already it's challenging to figure out who should be validating the appropriateness of news mm-hmm. in a fake news environment, and that's just text, and it, um, if we get to a place of video mm-hmm. where that's, you know, the, the picture's worth a thousand words, mm-hmm. um, and it can be more compelling, obviously advertisers look mm-hmm. at uh, video content to help elicit uh, and emotions We'll see about deep fakes. It's and, coming, and right? It's coming it fast. is coming. Um, you must have had to make some tough decisions in your role. Um, are there any that you can talk about? Um, so I always err on the side of pragmatism. Yeah. So if there is something that is uh, negatively affecting a community, a country, a category, I err on the side of let's pause it mm. until we can assess rather than all money's good money. Yeah. I think that they're the, the the ethos that I very much am wishing for my team to um to embody is it's not what we can buy, it's what we should buy. And there are some places that we are choosing that we should not buy on some of these platforms where they are not as stringent about who has the ability to be monetized on the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, it always comes down to voting with our dollars yeah. or a pound or a euro. Yeah. Um, and so those are places that I err on the side of let's yeah. let's vote no, let's not yeah. um, help for them to monetize X content or yeah. Y. Because that's how you get change. Oh, they... That's, that's what, that's <laughs> no one talks, picks up right? the phone faster yeah. than yeah. when I say, well... Yeah the guidance was that we were uh, not yeah. going to run yeah. in New Zealand for yeah. some period of time until we can understand whether or not this horrible content yeah. is continuing to be distributed on your yeah. platform. And that isn't, I'm assuming that doesn't just apply to a single platform. Like that, that, is, that can be applied to all the social platforms, right? Uh, yes, although some are more, d- by design, built for the proliferation of content. Mm-hmm. Snapchat things don't tend to go quite as yeah, viral. Sure. Yeah. Um, but in close quarters, you sure could send something that is maybe yeah. not brand safe. Do you have a, a point of view about um, the amount of time younger people spend on social and whether the, 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 the media owners should do or the platform should do more about that kind of thing? Or do you think that's just going to sort itself out and that's about personal freedom? So 
That's an interesting one. I am very uh, acutely watching what's going on with the like counts being removed. There was an announcement just this week about uh, whether or not those would be removed in the U.S. They've done, uh, they, Facebook, uh, on Instagram, have done some early tests in the Canadian market. Um, If it's not the social platforms, I was once (laughs) a child and I know that I found ways to fill my free time. Um, An interesting anecdote that I've been hearing is that the new texting is Google Docs. So younger children, maybe they get phone privileges revoked because they were there was some kind of bad behavior. They still have to do their homework. It's a shared document so they can write back and forth, basically secret messages, the kind that you wish that works with like the lemon juice and the, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, fire, yeah. but yeah. in real life and, you know, the technology enabled way. And so it just looks like you're doing your homework. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that clever? Yeah. Um, so that gets interesting. Mm-hmm. Gaming mm-hmm. Uh, as another way in which time is being spent. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that chat can get rather unwieldy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ability to recruit people through entertainment means or maybe parents aren't paying as much attention um i do though also think that parents have a responsibility to monitor or Mm -hmm. to to help for their child to understand more digital literacy Mm -hmm. i think it will be a generation that is more challenged in that respect because the parents today did not grow up their whole lives being presented online. Mm. Um, I think the younger side of millennials who are parents perhaps Mm. are better equipped to help for their children to understand digital literacy and not Mm. to present their full selves to the world, perhaps. So you think that will kind of might get better as parents are a bit savvier, younger parents? Yeah, I think there's that. And I think from a regulatory perspective, GDPR has done a lot to force the issue. Mm. Um, And in the U.S., something called CCPA is about to come on. It's I would say it's less uh, aggressive okay. than GDPR. So that standard, that high watermark uh, is GDPR, and that will be especially for the benefit of minors in the way in which that uh, legislation was written. I mean, I, did, look, I did, don't know if it's appropriate to raise with you or not, but I, I just think more should be done by the media, by the platforms about the age that people are signing up because they're not actually checking that you're 13 or however old you're supposed to be. And um, I know so many kids who are signing up younger than that, starting therefore their relationship with a lie about their age, often parentally endorsed because it's just, you know, easier to allow it to happen. But um, without lacking the kind of maturity to deal with the other side of it. And I just think that's... I I very much hear the point, although I'm hard pressed to know what we would wish for those technology partners mm. to know about our children mm. in order to authenticate. Yeah. So that's the other side of it is, you know, some of the solutions that they've begun to take. And of course, they are more quiet about this because as soon as they mention it, then you figure out the next way around. Yeah. Um, but with things like machine learning mm. uh, and visual recognition, um, they're able to have a sense of if you don't have you know if you have baby teeth still yeah you're probably not 13 (laughs) or you're definitely an anomaly in that sense um so i know that some of the platforms are erring more on the side of caution in that respect i know um tiktok has been in the news for not making that choice and electing that if someone could appear 13 then benefit of the doubt they are 13 um so yeah that we're getting into very interesting uh questions about that 
all that. uncharted waters, I guess. I think the scale of the waters yeah. is yeah, uncharted yeah, um, because every kid growing up that had cable, for example, maybe could watch the late night cable sure. um, at home yeah. <laughs> and yeah, not yeah. be supervised yeah. and maybe not yeah. be yeah. emotionally mature enough for the mm-hmm. content that they were seeing. Um, but this is at such scale mm-hmm. and a little bit more individualized. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a bit that I think is the most uncharted yeah. is, so for example, we might find that there was three impressions uh, of a poor brand adjacency mm. to opioid content mm. and a brand. Well, those three people were seeking out how to buy drugs on WhatsApp, mm. basically through Twitter, as an example. Um, not not saying any one of those things is the only way that yeah. people can buy drugs. Um, Other routes to buy drugs. Yeah. <laughs> so let me count the ways. Yeah. Uh, no, so... Those people were, were self-selecting. Yeah. Um, and so... Well, um, so we've sort of begun to touch around it. So where is social most misunderstood, do you think? So in the, the viewability conversations that we're having today, social tends to perform well, delivering to a real human uh, and being in demo maybe a little bit at the margin of the younger end of the demo being a a bit questionable. Um, It's not TV-like. And I think for us to lean in to understand how we can benefit by the opportunity for someone to have a more engaged experience with a brand, having personalization at scale um, facilitated through a feed or another automated means gives us that much more opportunity. And in the way in which we're measuring if viewability isn't a hygiene factor, if viewability is somehow an outcome or a KPI, um, social is misunderstood in that respect. Um, a perfect example is with Snapchat and the lenses, so the augmented reality um, can, beauty that has been sold through big box retailers tends to not be able to deliver trial. Mm-hmm. And you don't know if that color looks good on you mm-hmm. or not mm-hmm. until you buy it. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't make that mistake twice. Um, Whereas department store beauty, you have the testers. So having this augmented reality lens, being able to flip through the new colors for the season and figuring out which one you wish to buy is a huge help for a hurdle that is Mm industry-wide for beauty. Um, So measuring it, is it like TV? Well, TV didn't let you try it on. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so so making sure that the the value of the channel and the potential interactions are accounted for. Um, So I would say that. Yes. And then it becomes incredibly bespoke. Uh, And that going back to the the question that we started off with, with, you know, five years on what's different, Mm -hmm. the amount of decisions that our teams make Mm -hmm. to best deliver a media plan in social context, Mm -hmm. and then making sure that the creative partner is informed about what best practice will deliver Mm -hmm. Um, it's gotten incredibly complex. That's so interesting. I, th- I feel that's uh, that's a fallout of because I, you know, I was being sold to by the social salespeople, and they were saying, you know, five years ago, even ten, not ten years ago, but five years ago, that it was equivalent to TV. And that was just to get the budget right. It was, to, it wasn't mm. to get DR. They're budget. still trying. And so that's <laughs> the fallout of that. I feel. Yeah. Well, and and it's it's one of the things I think that that's interesting. And challenging about our industry overall is that we have lots of old rules of thumb mm. that don't apply in new ways of doing things and in fact some of the old rules of thumb are just rules of thumb they're not yep. actually rules <laughs> yeah. 
and so what we need to do is we need to establish new rules for new ways of doing things and it's not the same but equally there are some things like buying enough reach that probably are the same yeah. yes absolutely um, so what's next for you I'm going to Disneyland. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think next for me is social, by the virtue of the companies that are social leaders, so Mm -hmm. Facebook, um, Snapchat, Twitter, there are interesting, Pinterest, there are interesting forays into commerce. Mm -hmm. Uh, So just becoming that much more performance minded. And then gaming feels like the next thing, um, whether it be Google Stadia, Apple Arcade, Microsoft has Mixer, Amazon has Twitch, Facebook has a ton of inventory against gaming, Snapchat has games, and they run six-second, non-skippable, sound-on-spot, full-screen spots against their gaming inventory. Um, Tencent, of course, has a huge footprint yeah. in gaming um, that, that feels underserved. Uh, I will date myself slightly because for about 12 years I heard it was the year of mobile. Uh, I'm going to say it's the year of gaming next year and then for the next 12 years we can debate that. Um, Thankfully, I feel like we've gotten to the year of mobile now. I I, I think it was almost like we never really got to it. We'd already had it by the time we got to it. Oh, absolutely. We can all decide. That's the first uh, name I've heard for 2020. So thank you for that. You heard it here live. It's interesting with almost 20 minutes in and it's the first time we've talked about anything Chinese well put, yeah. apart from t- TikTok I guess but we, we haven't mentioned WeChat as well mm. which is which is crazy big and obviously we just had the singles day where they got you know 26 billion dollars in the first 12 and hours. a very different setup, right um, really yes. different because one media owner across everything so the thing that is most interesting to me with WeChat is that the level that WeChat pay is actually in use so that closed-loop ecosystem, yeah. it's not a matter of privacy. It's not a matter of offline conversion data being shared back in. Um, becomes a really fascinating model for Single how do we source, figure yeah. out m-commerce, how do we figure out e-commerce, yeah. Yeah. Um, and how do we figure out loyalty, where there is a lot more opportunity for personalization at scale on, on that platform as well. Mm-hmm. Um, TikTok is also, or I mean, it's called Doyen in, in mainland China, but huge so that's where a lot of our early learnings have come from in terms of um how to cut the video so that it doesn't feel like a record scratch and people are like that's an ad um but to feel more native to the platform right on to our our regular question so what's your favorite line from a poem a song or a book and you haven't got notes with you so this is (laughs) going to be off the top of the brain um i really like there's it's a james dean quote but Live as if you'll, yeah, live as if you'll live forever. No, sorry. <laughs> Notes would have been useful. Dream as if you'll live forever. Live as if you'll die today. Um, so don't put off tomorrow what you could do today. Uh, whether or not it was in a movie, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm sure they sell it on posters at Ikea, so it's good enough for me. Um, if you were a genie, what five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you? <laughs> Uh, I would say coffee. Any particular one? Um, I drink it black and as much as I can get. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm a big, so I'm from the Midwest uh, in the States, and so kind of like a meat and potatoes, like a comfort kind of meal. Uh, I would say my phone, 
I'm very much a slave to my phone. Uh, I would say passport. I really love oh, traveling with my. E- that's not easily available. Well, Is that allowed? If it's a passport, a passport, that's fine, and a phone on the previous one. Yeah. These have to be commonly available. So I need Keely in an emergency. I need to put them in the magic circle. So oh. That, you know. <laughs> so, so I don't know. A, a passport. A passport. All right. So, we, or we could say like the the power converter for like the yeah. universal okay. power adapter. adapter. Okay, yeah, yeah the power that. adapter goods. Because uh, a phone I can get. Phone's easy. Yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. you could find yourself a phone. Yeah. Um, and, and then some kind of like translation tool so uh, the like google translate type thing yes um okay. we'll say it wasn't google translate no. that got me through china because that's of course not allowed but no, <laughs> translation tools um th- those are kind of my standby they've got much so much better haven't they from when they first the fact that they're using machine learning to superimpose what the english translation is on top of a chinese menu like, for yeah. example yeah, it's amazing i so my grandparent I'm gonna go slight yeah, tangent yeah, yeah. my grandparents had visited China sometime in the mid 90s I have no idea how they, they did it I mean they, they went on a tour yeah. but I had all of the latest technology yeah, at my yeah. disposal and still was a bit bewildered yeah. so how they yeah. how they managed I yeah. have no idea but no it's um, <laughs> it's it's proper kind of world changing stuff isn't it absolutely so there's been a disaster uh all living things from your house are safe but what three objects would you rush back you, do you safe? live in where do you live in do you live in in new york new york or uh yeah so i live in a neighborhood called park slope in brooklyn it's right. so a flat in brooklyn since i'm here just so <laughs> that you can imagine <laughs> yeah. um so i'm so glad to hear that my two cats are safe yeah this is my fine. husband yeah um so uh, another fun aside so my husband is very much uh, like measure twice cut once always be prepared kind of mm. guy and so we actually went on a bit of a kick to get um, materials in the event that a real disaster were to okay. happen. Um, and we were watching these just for fun, but watching these like survival shows where it'd be yeah. two guys dropped into the wilderness yeah. and how do they get themselves out of a situation. Yeah. So I've done way more thought than <laughs> I should have into this specific question. Uh, potable water would be definitely one. Uh, running shoes? No, no, no. no. We're, we're, no. I'm going to stop you now. Yeah, so, so oh, you pleased, don't want my survival no, I'm skills? Pleased, I'm pleased that you can <laughs> yeah. survive, and I'm glad that it, that you have survival skills. But specifically, this is three things that are in your house that you like so much, and they're so I hard see. to replace that you'd you'd grab them. Got it. And they can be as big or as small as because this is magical, so they can be <laughs> as big as small. But you know, if it's like a I don't know, a photo that isn't on your phone or a card that someone wrote you or, or a picture or something. Okay. Um, so I would say my wedding album oh. that's rather irreplaceable. Um, I would say, like, my favorite sweatshirt, the kind of thing yeah. that I've had for years and years and years. It's one from the, the college that so I did, attended. Describe us. Describe yeah, so, it's a, it's a, so I went to the University of Colorado uh, at Boulder, and so it just, it's been lived in. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't. I mean, we live in such a tiny apartment. There's not really a, a ton of room for extras. I, I mean, I feel like it's weird to double down and say wedding ring too. But, um, not really. I am not the most sentimental person. Okay, okay. We'll make the wedding ring yeah. your. Maybe yeah. I got a, a big beer stein uh, when I visited <laughs> Oktoberfest and yeah. I actually went to Munich. So yeah. like kind of a, a moment, uh, a totem from traveling. Okay. So 
something like yeah, that to yeah, put my potable water in because yeah. I'm definitely <laughs> a survivalist. So, if you could change our industry in one way right now, what would you do? Well, I'm so glad we're um, living in this world of magic yeah. because my one change, I think, is, is going to be an undertaking. So, from a digital perspective, we are living in a cookie-based world. Yeah. We're in the throes of getting to an identity-based world, but different people have different views of said identity. Um, and I would love a magic wand to get us to a place that we actually are able to have real deduplication and yeah. multi-touch attribution. Um, and as OTT comes into that fold and becomes more programmatic, more addressable, yeah. more measurable, we haven't sorted it yet, even in digital. Um, and that, as a you know, as someone who talks to all kinds of brands, there's yeah. no way that the register is ringing every single time. Each of these different points is telling you that it is, yeah. um, and it it's a huge industry challenge. And yeah. I think that that everything else will follow um, if we can get the measurement right. That's a proper bit of magic wand way <laughs> needed there. But I agree. I agree. It would be. That would be a revolution. Which WeChat may be able to solve with their, their closed yeah. loop, you know? And their, if and they were so. wishing to share yeah. <laughs> outside well, of there. Well, the they'll point, just take it? over the world, won't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we were to give you a billboard, where would you put it and what would it say? Um, so, as a point of reference, in Los Angeles, there is a road called Sunset Boulevard. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the studio execs drive down it to get to the, the lots. So, for entertainment properties, that's a very coveted billboard. Um, and so, it would either be there or it would be in Times Square. I want a lot of people to see this billboard. Um, and I, I, I don't know exactly what the tagline would be, but I think climate change should not be avoidable. And I would want to use that kind of forum um, just to bring that much more awareness to the challenge that is facing us all. So we started dark, yeah. we're going to close real dark. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, a very serious yeah, question. Yeah, very serious question. Um, there's one question you can't prepare for, Keely. It's from this box, which is uh, a toolkit for conversation from the School of Life, which is uh, around the corner. So if you could pick one of these, read it out, okay. and answer it to finish us off. <laughs> uh, when do you feel shy? Oh, interesting. Uh, so this is, I feel shy all the time. Um, <laughs> I'm an outgoing introvert. Okay. which I've learned to accept. Um, I feel most shy when I'm meeting new people for the first time, like a networking drinks and I don't have Ooh. somebody by my side. I tend to find another thing that I need to be doing that you're, evening. You're talking to your people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good. Because <laughs> we are both exactly the same. Um, Why that's so intimidating, I don't know, but it still oh, yeah. is for me. And then never is it actually a scary conversation. Yeah. They might know someone I know. They yeah. might you know, have an you interesting have story, it. whatever it is. Fun. But yeah. cracking that ice uh, yeah. for that first interaction is, yeah. that's my Everest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's brilliant. No, I'm with you. Keely Taylor, thank you very much for your time. Thank you.